0: Today's show is brought to you by Delicious Obsessions. Real food, real life, and real delicious. Deliciousobsessions.com
1: You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at treyerwilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Trayer.
0: Thank you so much for following and joining along. I know your time is valuable, and I'm grateful that you take the time out of your week to spend it with me, and I am extremely blessed today. To have a wonderful guest on, I contribute with her at faithhappenings.com. As a matter of fact, I just put a post out this week on learning to be content. I will uh, put a link to that in the show notes, and you can find that on our blog as well at treawilderness.com. But Monica Gill is joining me today. You can find her at lifewithgrace.net, and I am just so excited to have her joining me. She has amazing things happening in her life and um, has a really awesome thing going on. So I'm just going to introduce her and let her share her story. Monica, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Tammy, thank you so much for having me again. I'm just so honored that you would open up your platform um to allow all of us to come and speak with you. It's fantastic. Uh, Let's see, Life with Grace, I guess I could just start with letting, you know, how the ministry began. Um, I've been in women's ministry for a long time, uh, but I also love to write, and most of my writing was professional, and my ministry was church, and there was just, I was feeling the Lord asking me to convey, you know, to kind of converge those two things together. So, um, it actually happened right about a year after I had uh, our daughter Grace, and I found a writing mentor, and she was just really encouraging me and pushing me to capitalize on my motherhood in my writing, and I took some time to pray about that as exactly, like, what would that look like? Um. Then my husband, I told him what, what Leona said to me, and my husband said, oh, well, I think that is a great idea. You can start a blog, and you should call it Life with Grace, and Grace is our daughter's name, so cool. um, and he said, you know, it can... sorry, go ahead. I
0: said, that's so cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, and it has that double meaning of, you know, Life with Grace, raising our daughter, as well as Life with Uh, God's grace. And I just, I had no idea what the Lord was going to do with this ministry when I started it. Uh, He has just so blessed us with it. It really began, I think, um, as just an opportunity to, through parenting and raising our daughter, see God in everyday moments. So the blog isn't really It's not intended just for moms. It's not it's not a parenting tool. Its purpose really is to help each of us embrace God as our extravagantly loving, fiercely protective, just epically heroic and generously giving father and so I'm I am amazed at the things that happen with my daughter where the Lord is just constantly putting himself and his grace back in our faces over and over and over again. I mean really from the time she was one and two years old and it just happens constantly. There are moments where there are things that she says that are just uh, unbelievable and there there's like no doubt Lord, you are talking to us, or you are talking to me in this moment. Um, As an example, so this is when I think she was about two years old. I was I was going through a little bit of um, like that January depression of after eating through the holidays (laughs) and everything around the middle is just a little bit plump, and you notice it when you bend over. (laughs) I mean, just so I was going through that just, oh, I feel gross, I'm fat, I'm ugly, and, you know, not to mention, I haven't lost the baby weight, and my baby's two years old now, like, I have no excuse, (laughs) Uh, so just really, and feeling like that, you know, that cultural pull of, you know, you have to, you know, look good, and be beautiful, and just feeling really down, and gross. And um I was I was actually getting had just gotten out of the shower and I had wrapped my bathrobe around me and wrapped my head up in a towel and she came into the bathroom and she looked up at me and she says, Ooh, mommy, I love your princess dress. You know, this ratty bathrobe that's like 15 years old. And then she points at my head and she says, You wear a princess hat? And I just started smiling. And um, she said to me, Mommy, you are a princess. Dance. Sing a princess song. And I have to tell you, in that moment, there was just, you know, it was just, there was no doubt in my mind that the Lord was speaking to me again about my identity and how He sees me, how I'm His daughter. And so, you know, I just, I took my little girl by the hands and we sang and we danced and trolled around in my bathroom and I just heard God's voice just clearly saying to me, None of those things matter. What matters is what I think of you. And you I, you are beautiful. I, the king, am enthralled with your beauty. And that verse comes specifically from Psalm 4511, which is one of my favorites. So a big piece of what I like to write about is identity.
0: That is awesome. And that, you know, every person listening today can relate to that, whether male or female, because... We all feel frumpy at some point. We all, you know, we are our worst (laughs) critic all the time. I can raise my hand and jump up and down. I am so my worst critic. And it is so funny that you, you know, you give that analogy and, and what your daughter did. Because God does speak in such amazing ways. And it's really funny. I have guys. I've got my mountain boy and my mountain man. And when I look my worst, it's amazing. When I look my worst out in the garden full of dirt full of mud my husband will tell me he loves me and that I'm beautiful and it just blows me away and it just puts things into perspective and my son is constantly telling me how he loves me and I'm such a good mom and it's you know that you pointed something out to me just now I hear those words and I think oh my word are they off their rocker (laughs) But you know what? That is God talking to us. And so many of us out there, I'm, I'm sure, can relate. They hear the same things. They hear those affirmations coming from the ones who love us most. And, you know, we don't even accept them because we are such a harsh critic. And we leave the enemy in telling us so. So.
2: There's no doubt about it. we listen to the voice of the enemy far too often when it comes to who we are and and then we forget who we belong to and yeah. it just really it robs us of our joy um, you know and, and speaking of you know grace again there was um, there was one point we were um, in our kitchen one evening getting ready to go out for dinner but everybody was kind of a mess like my husband was grumpy I was grumpy she was grumpy and just all of our aura just exploded into this bickering (laughs) contest and Grace looked up at me and said shut up and my husband you know just looked down at her and sternly, you do not speak to your mother that way, you know, and the tears started to come down and and so then we he picked her up and gave her kind of a gentler admonishment and just said, you know, don't this is not how we talk and he set her down and she firmly planted her hands in the air and she said, Okay She's like four years old at this time. Okay. Everybody take a deep breath. You are children of God. Let's be joyful tonight. And it was like... What a moment, you know, was in all of that just mess of where we were and, you know, just lost in our depravity and our sinful nature, we had completely forgotten who we were. We had forgotten our identity in the Lord, that we were children of Him. Yeah. And she completely, I mean, she's like four years old, she completely reminded us, like there's no there's no reason to, to have our lives, our home, our, our joy degenerate away because we belong to God. So let's just take a deep breath and remember who we are. We're children of God. We can be joyful. So, um, so these are the kinds of things that I write about, you know, in, in more depth uh, at Life with Grace. And uh, I'm just, I, like I said, I'm just amazed at how, the Lord continues to use her and and moments with her to just put himself and who he is and how much he loves us um, just right in my face constantly. It's, it's just, it, there are so many I can't keep up with writing them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so funny because, you know, one of the neat things about interviewing people that cross my path is I get to hear these neat stories. You know, I thought you're web address was a neat name to begin with, Life with Grace. And then you fill in the, the holes and the gaps and share that this is, you know, came together because of your daughter. Then you share these stories. And it's so cool to just, you know, learn the process, learn how this is all coming together and seeing seeing the big picture. And then, you know, talking about that incident in your kitchen Right there is humor at its finest. I have to imagine that you all just stopped, shook your heads and started cracking up at that point and moved on to choose this (laughs) four-year-old, you know, sharing the obvious with us. And that happens in our house also with my son because he's a very literal thinker. But it's just so funny how Mm -hmm. our children teach us so much if we're willing to learn. (laughs) yes. Absolutely,
2: absolutely, and it's just being open to. Yeah, you know, I mean, just how the Holy Spirit and you know God just pours through them into us, and he's, and He's speaking to us, and it just, you know, I I'm constantly trying to remind myself to be looking for Him every day, um, you know, in, in everything, and especially uh, in in her. Uh, rather than just sort of looking at her as this person that I have to raise and you know correct and, but really to um, you know just see how the Lord is shaping her and trying to nurture that and learn from learn from it myself. Um, she has she's taught me so much over the years about the Lord and not even necessarily you know like I said intentionally um, just through the things she does, the things she says. I mean, she amazes me. she um, The Holy Spirit is just in her. I, When I was pregnant with her, I prayed for a joy-filled, Holy Spirit-filled child, and there's no doubt that that is exactly what the Lord gave me. And um, there, uh, there are moments where she will... I I feel like she's just literally taken by the spirit and she'll just start preaching and I, I have to I I have to write it down sometimes because I'm just I can't believe that this is, you know, coming out of her mouth. Um, I'm I'm very passionate about uh forgiveness and I have a testimony about forgiveness, but um this, that it's, Forgiveness has been a struggle uh, for years, and there was one, you know, particular period, season, where I was really struggling with it, and she, we, these things always happen in the car. I don't know why, but we're driving in the car, and she's, you know, in her car seat behind me, and all of a sudden, she just starts preaching to me. She's just like four and a half years old, maybe five years old at the time, And I was so in awe at what she was saying. I literally, I pulled the car over and I started writing down what she was saying. But (laughs) but this is her sermon. She said, Jesus loves us and the whole world, and his blood is for us. It saves my soul, and it saves my life. Jesus' blood washes us because he loves us. God knows we need his blood. He knows that blood washes us and washes the kingdom of God around the countries of the earth and i was wow. i mean i'm sure you can see why i pulled over because yeah. i just couldn't believe this was coming out of her mouth and and you know, we've certainly taught her that jesus came and died for us but you know i'll tell you in earnest we had never gotten into the doctrinal details of the blood or substitutionary atonement you know wow. and as i thought about why i you know i just i came to the realization that it's important to wait for age-appropriate teaching, but in reality, this whole idea of um, of you know Jesus shedding His blood for us is really it's it's a hard thing to grapple with at any age, yeah. and it's really it's hard to look at the cross because it forces us to admit what Jesus says and you know what is said in John eight seven you know who among a, who among you is without sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that moment really just was sort of a. I, it brought me also back to to the Hebrews nine twenty two verse that you know says there there is no forgiveness without blood, and um, I was I was struggling through a, a forgiveness issue, and and I just came to the realization that you know the Lord Jesus shed His blood to forgive me, and as painful as it is for me to um, to forgive the person who's wounded me, um, why would I not bear that cost? Right. You know the Lord Jesus bore that cost for me, right. and um, so so how how could I not? How could I not uh, do it? He, you know, he asks us to turn the other cheek, and when he says that, he's not really asking us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself on the cross. Right. And I, you know, I think when we hear that, you know, turn the other cheek we automatically kind of rebel against that because we think Jesus is saying, oh, I'll just let them hit you again. Right. Um, right. But I've looked at a couple different commentaries about that, and they've they've all kind of said, that's really not what Jesus is teaching here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a normal context, when you're not in conflict with someone and you turn your cheek to them, what do you expect to get? You expect You expect to get a kiss, you know? And and so Jesus is saying, when someone strikes you on, you know, the right cheek, turn to them the other as well. He's basically saying, offer them your cheek in, in a way that is... Your response should be so radically different, so radically loving that when you turn your other cheek to them, they're not going to want to hit you again. What they're actually going to do is want to embrace you and kiss you. Um, So all of that just brought me to a completely different place um, about forgiveness. And not all, you know, not just that alone. I've been working through (laughs) a lot of other things, too, um, in order to get to that point. But that was kind of a culminating moment.
0: Oh, I guess. And to have someone that age say those words to you, you know, that's amazing. And I really believe that God uses everybody that crosses our path and divine intervention is in front of us and in our face all the time. If we're willing to see it, like you said earlier, you know, you look every day for God and so do I, I look for the blessings. I look for the happiness. We have adversity going on all the time as does everybody else, but it's a choice on what we see. And what stands out to us more, the adversity or the blessings? And the more I feel you look for the yeah. blessings, the better your life will be because you are seeing what he's doing and you feel his presence more and more. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, too, is you said about forgiveness. And and I truly believe and agree with you on what God is trying to express to us in forgiving because I've had many situations where I've really had to forgive some awful, awful things. And it took me some time Mm -hmm. to work through that. And when I did, I found that I had to continuously forgive this person because there are people in our lives that (laughs) as much as we want to walk away from them, we can't, they still have a place in our lives. And um, Mm -hmm. it also says that we do not need to surround ourselves with fools. So, you know, you can forgive and often walk away from those people it's going to be those people you can't walk away from that are going to be the hardest. And the, the, we still have to be faithful and show them love and forgive them. And, you know, when, you, mm-hmm. when, I, when I run into those particular people, those are the ones that I feel sorry for. Because over and over again, they're missing God's grace and the happiness in life because it's a resentful heart. So, yeah. you know, it is our duty to constantly forgive. And that was very hard for me, was to constantly have to forgive the ah. same person over and over again. And it, But through that instance, I believe God puts things in our path to help us, well, He does, to become what we need to mm-hmm. become. And, you know, it's, it's, gonna, it's life. No matter where we turn, we're going to run into people that need to be forgiven for small tasks, big tasks, and it's it's being able to handle that. The other thing is if we don't forgive, we are stagnant. We are stagnant in our own life. We aren't forgiving yes. necessarily to help them as much as we are to help ourselves move forward. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's an important part of what we are is to forgive and to be loving no matter, you know, it, that's something that just keeps presenting itself so much to me this year is, you know god's speaking <laughs> you're much, not alone <laughs> how much we need to love people you know and you no matter where you turn there's always somebody that needs love and i also believe that everybody has a story you know so somebody's obnoxious right. manner isn't maybe necessarily their heart it's just a hurt heart and you know exactly they haven't forgiven or they haven't worked through, through you know through something of their own so I'm often mm-hmm. viewed as wearing those pink shadies, but I see through it, and I try to help, and that's just my my makeup, but I so believe forgiveness and loving is, is the key. It's just, it's a constant, constant thing you have to work on, and you've got grace to show you.
2: <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, my goodness, yes, all all the time, and, you know, that, you know, as as you were saying, like having someone in your life who you have to constantly forgive, and and. And I do, and you know, like you said, it's it's someone who's in my life, and that's not it's not a walking away situation. And um, and so I am constantly, like you said, in uh, having to do the work of forgiveness, and constantly having to forgive the same person over and over again. And and I think the thing that we we forget, kind of out there in the culture, people. We hear all the time, "Oh, you need to forgive. Oh, you just have to forgive. It's so it, it it's better for you if you forgive." And while all that is true, <laughs>
0: um,
2: I think in the end, it um, it ignores this the. the it, it's about the that is all about the harvest of forgiveness, right. and it, it ignores the cost. Right. And it is painful to forgive. Like somebody is going to bear the cost. Right. Um, and, And the bottom line is, when someone trespasses against us, when someone hurts us, we have two choices. We can choose to bear the cost ourselves, or we can make them pay. Right. Right? We can exact our pound of flesh, or we can bear that and exact the pound of flesh from ourselves. And really that's what the Lord Jesus did for us. He exacted the pound of flesh from himself. And he's not asking us to do anything that he was not willing to do. And so... So it's hard because, you know, of this dynamic of debt. You know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we we say, you know, forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us but you know, and and this whole idea of trespass and debts, it's like we we when someone trespasses against us, a, a debt is incurred or vice versa. And, it, and whenever you see, you know, trespassing signs, of course they're always followed up with <laughs> violators right? will being prosecuted, right? Right. So there's always a penalty. There's always a cost. There's always the debt that comes with any kind of trespass, whether it's spiritual or actual trespassing on someone's property, but those spiritual trespasses, bearing that cost is really hard, and when you say... All right, I'm not I'm not going to exact my pound of flesh from them. I'm going to take it from myself. I'm not going to make cruel remarks about them to other people. I'm not going to replay this, you know, offense in my mind over and over again. I'm not going to in my heart when, you know, I see them fall or when they get what they deserve, you know, do this little mean victory dance. <laughs> I'm not going to cut them off. I'm not, right? We do that, right? Well, that, that's, that's our default position. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to crucify that hard nature of my heart. I'm not going to withhold my affection. I am going to uh, just crucify that hard nature of my heart and choosing not to do those things really takes great pains. It does. So in a sense, I think, metaphorically, when we choose to forgive, we choose to pay with our own blood mm-hmm. um, rather than forcing the, the other person, the offender, to quote-unquote spill their blood. And, and that hurts. Yeah. But if we're going to forgive like our Lord Jesus, then, then that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I often look at, um, I look at forgiveness. Now, now, um, instead of as a burden, I look at it as a mission. Because if you think about the Lord Jesus, what did he come on the mission to do? He came on the mission to forgive us. So if that was the mission he came on and we're supposed to be conformed to his likeness, then that's probably the greatest mission that he has for us to do in our day-to-day lives is just to forgive Others and we we find when we do that. I have found, particularly with the person that I so have to continually forgive, that when I approach with forgiveness every time, as opposed to striking back, it softens this person. Yeah. And um, and in the end, what happens is instead of sort of like I said, doing that mean little victory dance, <laughs> standing victorious over, right. Right. you know, instead, what we're doing is we actually are embracing. And the victory is that I'm dancing with this person yep. in this act of forgiveness as opposed to clobbering them. Yep. And um, it's hard. Um, it is hard, hard, hard. But... Um, You know, the Lord Jesus has said to me over and over again, you're going to forgive. You have to forgive this person. This is your opportunity to live out my gospel in your life and you need to do it. So, um, so it's a mission.
0: (laughs) It's so cool and it's so funny to find how much alike we are because I have been on the same mission because we all go through that. Stage in the early stages of things where you are doing that cruel happy dance when you see them fall. And this, a lot of people will say mm-hmm. what comes around goes around, they'll get what they deserve, and and they do. But mm-hmm. the thing is, to gloat about it and to find humor in it or to be excited about it isn't what God wants. And the more that mm-hmm. we really do love up on them, and the more that we and loving up on them meaning that we forgive them. And I even take it to the level of praying for them because I do feel sad Mm -hmm. that they have such a hardened heart. And I find that now that I've progressed to this own level in myself, I feel the burdens leaving me. And, you know, the other statement that has held strong in me is that you cannot change other people. You cannot um, be responsible right. for other people's actions and not everybody's going to like you. That's something that is hard to also <laughs> accept is that there, you know, there are people, no matter how nice you are, that are going to absolutely loathe you. And, you know, right. it just, it, it is what it is. It's a fact of life. And that, again, is the enemy seeping in there. And I feel that the more and the stronger we get in forgiveness and the stronger we are in handling that situation with grace and love, the less burdened we are, and the and and the more the more work we're doing for God because other people see our actions, other people see exactly see how we handle those situations. I I wrote it, that devotional the other day, and some ladies responded. I posted it on Facebook, and she said it sounded like some kind of new age handbook that you're looking for happiness in every <laughs> corner of the world, and it's like. Well, yes, I am. No. I, I want to find, I seek happiness, I seek positive, I seek good. I don't want to look for the negative because, you know, I've lived that and I don't, I don't want to be stuck in that. I want to look for what other people are missing. <laughs> and right. And, and the thing about our forgiveness,
2: like, like you said, other people see how we well- we are reacting and how we're behaving and the person that we're forgiving as well. So it has this spiraling out effect that really does do God's work. It really is kind of just a a witness, um, to, to who God is and who his people are when we are able to forgive. And, And you had mentioned praying for, um, for the person that you have to constantly forgive. And there is no doubt that, um, that is just, I have spent years mm-hmm. on my knees mm-hmm. um, praying, and, and the thing is that, you know, when you spend that time in prayer, again, people say, oh, well, pray for your enemies, and then it sort of sounds cliche, right. but the thing is, when you actually do it and you get into that space, um, two things happen. One is... Like you said, you start to see them as a wounded heart instead of as a one dimensional sort of flat caricature who, you know, well they're just a liar or they're just a, you know, mean person or the, you you see them as just as complex a person as you are, as a wounded heart. And so, you know, that just starts to break down the hardness of your own heart and give you compassion for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing that happens is that, you know, I know, you know, as I have prayed for this particular person in my life um, regarding forgiveness, um... You know, I, I'm I'm always praying, like you know, Lord, work on their um, anger, work on their pride, work on their arrogance, and and as I'm praying these prayers, the Lord starts saying to me, Monica, what are we going to do about your pride? What are we going to do about your arrogance? What are we going to do about your anger? So, um, so. Not only do you start to build compassion for the person, but then God has a wonderful way of just sort of cutting you off at the knees with your superiority complex (laughs) about how you're the victim um, and just starts to reveal to you, really, um, your own sins and your own desperate need for His forgiveness. And that just gives you that radical fuel to be able to then turn around and forgive the way you've been forgiven.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And that's uh, and it's really funny you say that because, as I said, you know, I really feel God pushing that in my face this year. And something else that keeps popping up is love them the way, see them the way God sees them and love them the mm-hmm. way God would. And, you know, it's the toughest thing on the planet because, like you said, it's somebody that, you know, more times than not, you just want to strangle them to death, you know. but. It's. It, 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 I mean, it's. I you know, complete honesty. That's oftentimes how you feel. Yeah. you know, or God's, beat your own head against the right, wall. Right. Right. It's like okay. But it's funny you say that about him working on our own hearts because um, oh, I can't think of her name right now. Um, Stormy Arm Armadian. Um, uh, pray, uh-huh. praying. Uh, what is the book? Um, oh. A power of a praying wife and power of a praying husband, and in those books, uh-huh. she talks about that. You know that while you're praying for your husband and pointing out these things that you think are so wrong, at the same time it comes back at you, and that's and, and that's how she said it too, is that, you know, God puts things on our own hearts that we need to work on, and and we're all we are none of us are flawless. And we all need uh-uh. to work on things, but it's amazing how those things come to the front too. So, you know, God uses these possibly horrible situations to break us down as well, which is just awesome because it builds mm-hmm. us into such amazing tools for Him. And I, and I just, I'm always awed when I see His hand at work, you know, in, in not only people around me my family but also in me and how he does that and it just it it just makes it makes me hoot and do my little happy dance you know in that <laughs> just knowing that he's so present and always working and it's just it's just awing
2: <laughs> yes absolutely there's no doubt about it he is have- an amazing and awesome God. Yes. So thankful.
0: <laughs> I know, me too. And I have a question. Just how roughly how old is Grace now? Like, time span. How many years have you been doing this?
2: So she is about to turn seven in September. So we're going to celebrate six years of life with Grace uh, coming up this winter. Okay. Um, which is, I can't believe it. Uh, but God has done so much. He's you know, he started the platform for me there with with the blog, and um, from there it's launched into you know speaking opportunities and teaching opportunities and uh, doing retreats and and just sort of taking some of the things that you know have been um, posted at Life with Grace and pulling them together in kind of bigger picture um, seminars and and um, talks and things. So and right. Currently, I, um, he has me writing a book, so I'm prayerful that that will. Well, I'm not actually. I'm not going to worry about how it will be published. That's like I'm always trying to run ahead of the Lord. Right yes. now, he's just like right. Yes. So that's what I'm doing. I'm writing, and then we'll figure out what, <laughs> where it will go from there. But yes. but currently, I'm just doing speaking and and writing at Life with Grace, and as you know, contributing at um, Faith Happenings in yes. Yeah, so it's it's fantastic, and she's she's a amazing little girl, and she just puts God in our face all the time. My husband and I are just uh, so full of joy, and um, you know, I think we he and I have he's looked at me so many times and just said she makes us better. And, um, (laughs) when we first got, when we first got married, my husband said, um, that he did not want to have children. Um, and that was, that, that actually was hard for me. Um, that was a surrender, uh, to the Lord for me because I did, I did want to have children. And, um, and that was about a year struggle for me where, um, finally the Lord said, uh, this is the man that I've chosen for you. And, um, You can trust me, or you can go do your own thing. And so I just said, Lord, I'm going to trust you, uh, and I believe that you're going to bless my life whether I ever have children or not. And um about eight years into the marriage he his heart just totally softened and it wasn't like I was like, So have you changed your mind about having kids yet? Yeah, you know, I was not pressing or, or you know, um, nagging or anything. I just I surrendered it to God and, and like I said, about eight years into the marriage Um, Doug's heart just really softened and, um, and then the Lord blessed us with her and he was just like, I can't believe that I ever didn't, that I ever didn't want this. Um, because... God has just so expanded our life and our depth of living um, through raising her
0: and just blessing our life with her. So That's so awesome. That's so awesome. And it's so neat to see, you know, from an outsider's perspective on things, the hand she has and just how, you know, it's just neat looking back to see how God put everything together. And I just think that's really, mm-hmm. really awesome, really awesome. And we, we are actually running out of time, but... Uh, oh, I know this has it's been, been so, so cool. lovely talking to you. <laughs> I know, this has been awesome. And when you do your book, I, I, we will have you back on so that you can share that, because I am was in the same boat, and I know God is leading me, and that was the kind of the purpose of my cookbook, was to kind of get that done so I knew what I needed to do and how to do it, and... And so right. I could produce the other books that are in my head. I'm just dying to get them on paper. And it's just neat to see how God does work and how he puts the right people in your path and how things just sort of manifest. And I know that your book will be placed in good hands and will be available before we know it. So you have to keep in touch with me and let me know <laughs> when it's available. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll probably be calling you about Kenny. How do I go about it? <laughs> feel free, help me. <laughs> <laughs> feel free. That's, that's what I, I feel. My purpose is to pay it forward. When we know good things and we know how to do things, you know, we're supposed to share. So that you know, give, ah. give me a shout. That that would be wonderful. And I want to share this with you. Your daughter is. Seven are going to be seven. My son will be nineteen in December, and I'm going to encourage you to start a notebook that is just grace and record all those quirky little things. Because we have notes on our years, and we look back and mm-hmm. we just laugh. My my son holds you us know. accountable. He holds us. He's so funny. He just has such an amazing perspective on things, and he's a literal thinker. So when he was little, and I told him it was raining cats and dogs, my poor son was mortified. So, oh no! So when we say things, when we say things, and and we he looks at us, and and we listen to his response, and we're like, wow, what is he thinking? And then you know we'll ask him, and when when his perspective comes through on how he turns things or how he perceives things, it is just the funniest stuff. So write it down. You will not. You will. You will be so happy to be able to look back. And granted, you have your pretty much your whole blog, but. (laughs) <laughs> but it's nice to yes there, there there is a
2: recording there but i'll tell you thank you for reminding me of that because i did i did start a notebook but i don't think i've written anything in it in probably probably three years so i really need and ever i see it on my you know side table and every once in a while i'm like i kind of start writing stuff back down in that little book again um so thank you for reminding me of that. That's just confirmation from the Lord that I need to get you know back on that little habit because I do look back at some of the things from you know when she was two and three. Just those little things that you're going to forget. Yeah,
0: so so thank you. Good you advice. <laughs> yes, well, and you know what? You as much as we wish and think that we're going to remember it, we don't. And I'm. Uh, and we don't. Said, no, we don't. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm a note-taker, and, and I would be lost with sadly without my iPhone out here in the wilderness because I record everything on it. So oh, it's crazy. But but we are running out of time, but I want to give you the floor one last time to offer my audience some encouraging words. And you can also mention about your upcoming um, event that you have and the dates and, and, and locations so they can also participate in that.
2: Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much, Tammy, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And um, upcoming in October, the weekend of October 16th, 17th, and 18th, I will be um, teaching at a retreat in Romney, West Virginia. It's going to be small, but um, if ladies are interested, it is a ladies-only retreat. If ladies are interested, they can go to lifewithgrace.net and they can sign up for um, the Life with Grace emails, and then they will get information about the retreat and being able to sign up. And it is going to be on the teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, where he teaches us to give in secret, pray in secret, and fast in secret. And the basic premise of the weekend is that this is, when Jesus tells us to do these things, he's actually giving us an invitation to get alone with God and to have a deeper intimate relationship with him. So we'll be looking at how do we know Jesus and get an intimate personal relationship with the Lord through the spiritual disciplines, not as a technique, but as an avenue to really get to know God. So, mm-hmm. if anyone would like to join us, if they're near Romney, West Virginia, we'd love to have you come. Awesome. Um, and as for our final, yeah, and as for final words of encouragement, I would just say, um, you know, the, there are two things that I think are key that I remind myself constantly, my husband and I both, and that is whenever we are dealing with anything, um, stress, depression, just, you know, the, the worries of life, um, my husband will turn to me or I will turn to him and we'll say to each other, remember, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is always the answer. Now, what's the question? (laughs) So, and that's just, you know, so just remember that Jesus is the answer, no matter what. Um, And the other thing I would say is that, you know, as we talked about in our um, chat today, God is everywhere. Go looking for Him. Look for Jesus everywhere. And not just in your day, but when you go into your Bible, into your quiet time, look for the Lord Jesus. He is there. And this is how He's going to reveal Himself to you so that you can know Him. So just, be looking for Jesus um, and pursue him because Jesus is the one thing that you're never going to get enough of, (laughs) and Jesus is never going to get enough of you. So um, those are my two things. Jesus is always the answer, and you are never going to get enough of Jesus, and Jesus is never going to get enough of you, so pursue him. Awesome. And thank you again for the opportunity.
0: Oh, Monica, you are so welcome. This has been an awesome conversation. Really enjoyed being able to get to know you and talk with you, and and again, everybody, you can find her at lifewithgrace.net. And so true, so, so true. You know, seeking him is, is just an amazing thing. I, I've really grown in that over the last five years. And just seeing his hand here on our homestead has just been amazing. And I do believe that the closer, and the more you seek him, the closer you get with him, the more he shows you. And, yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you know, many people call us Bible thumpers. But you know what? I'm grateful that I am, and I'm grateful because I see his hand in my life, and I wouldn't want it any other way. And, and amen. <laughs> and it's just awesome. It's just awesome stuff. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed this show today. And and be sure to look thank up you. Monica and Monica. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure. And I want you back on when you have your book ready. <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> and everybody again, Look forward to it. Awesome. And everybody, again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know our 24 hours are val- valuable, and I'm just always so grateful to know that people are taking the time out of their day to spend it with me. So until our next show, you guys take care, and God bless.
1: You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at trayerwilderness.com. And be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you.